If you've listened to the Fitness and Faith podcast a few times, you've probably heard me mention I use Advocare nutritional products every day, and I have for several years. I trust the company that's been around for 25 years, and I've seen the results of the products in myself and others. I want to invite you to join thousands of people across the United States who will be participating in Advocare's 24-day challenge at the start of the new year. I know no better way of jump-starting your physical transformation than to participate with us in the 24-day challenge. Click on the 24-day challenge link at fitnessandfaithpodcast.com for details. Also, by becoming a preferred customer, you will receive an immediate discount of 20%. There will also be free shipping and bonus gifts for those ordering soon. In addition, those ordering through the link on the Fitness and Faith Podcast site will receive a free faith jumpstart to the year. I will personally teach you the fundamentals of fitness and faith, which will come with instruction in exertion meditation at absolutely no charge. I'm reminded of a line from an old movie called Jerry Maguire, where Jerry says, Help me help you. Help me help you. I cannot help you if you won't take the first step. I hope you'll join us. I'd love to coach you through a 24-day physical and spiritual jumpstart to your year. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time of day it might be where you're listening, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith. This is your fitness and faith coach, Mike Kipp, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. In this episode of the Fitness and Faith podcast, we'll talk about the choice of being upset. You'll hear a conversation between a young girl and a pregnant woman, and we'll visit with Anna Craig. Anna is an athletic performance coach at the University of Texas. do we choose to be upset? That's right. I said, why do we choose to be upset? Being upset is a choice. I've been around athletics all my life, literally all my life. Athletics is a great image, example, illustration of people choosing to be upset. It's absolutely amazing when you really think about it. Fans of a team allowing their thoughts and emotions to be controlled by what happens in a game being played mostly by people they don't really even know. At the time I was putting these thoughts together, one of the best, most competitive, most exciting baseball World Series had just finished. And I'm from one of the cities that was represented. As the series, the individual games, and even individual innings went back and forth, fans' thoughts and emotions went back and forth as well. With each ball and strike, each call by the umpire, each score, each manager decision, and each great play. Through social media, I even saw displays of thoughts and emotions going in all ranges of up and down from fans' interpretation of the words and tone coming from the mouths of the broadcasters. They were allowing the broadcasters' words to affect their thoughts and emotions. 
Throughout the time the series was being played, from social media to news media to casual conversation, one could hear the joy, I mean anger, oh, oh wait, amazement, or, or was that disgust? It literally went back and forth, these thoughts and, and these emotions. Interestingly enough, many of those thoughts and emotions were happening in opposites at the same time. Newton's third law in another dimension, maybe. One group of fans feeling excited, while the other was devastated. And a few minutes later, the two groups traded thoughts and emotions. And all of this from watching a game being played by people they barely knew. When I was growing up, my family had a favorite sport and team. My dad had played the sport for the team when he was in college. We would wear the team colors and head out to the game each week during the season and make a decision that our demeanor, our attitude, our happiness, if you will, would be affected by the outcome of a game. That's crazy. The next week of our lives would be controlled by the stuff that happened on a field resulting in a tally on the scoreboard. I remember being physically ill after our team lost, upset, mad, disappointed, even depressed. Oh, but I felt the joy from a big win. All was right with the world, and I could wear my team shirt to school with pride. It was like Willy Wonka gave me the keys to the chocolate factory. I want to ask you, doesn't it seem a little misguided to base my thoughts and emotions, things that make a huge impact on my life, on what happens on a field or court? Should I base thoughts and emotions on things that are totally out of my control? Here's another question for you. It's a little more personal. What things, what people, what situations do you allow to upset you or control your thoughts and emotions? Is it that driver who pulled out in front of you or doesn't know how to use his blinker? Is it the weather? A forecast of sunny and all's good with you, but self-pity for sure if it looks like rain on your parade. Is it that comment on social media with which you don't agree? What is it that you let control your thoughts and emotions? We really get to choose what we allow to control our thoughts and emotions. It's not the politician or the preacher or the news media or the referee who gets to choose what we allow to upset us or bring us joy. You and I get to choose. I love this verse in Romans 8, 6 we read, the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. I might suggest that we choose to allow our thoughts and emotions to be controlled by God's Spirit. So here's one last question for you. How would your life be different if you consciously and consistently thought and responded emotionally to all stimuli with a mind you allowed to be controlled by the loving spirit of our loving God. It's time once again for a Fitness and Faith Funny. A four-year-old girl sat near a pregnant woman. She looked at the pregnant woman and asked, 
Why is your belly so big and round? The pregnant woman answered, I have a baby in my tummy. The little girl asked, Is it a good baby? The pregnant woman responded, Yes, it is a very good baby. So the little girl asked one more question. Well, why did you eat it? by Anna Craig, who is an athletic performance coach at the University of Texas in Austin. Anna, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Mike. Can you tell us a little bit about your work with the UT athletic program? Yes, so I am an assistant athletic performance coach, as you stated. I've been at the University of Texas for six years now, and I specifically work with women's tennis, women's soccer, and men's and women's diving. So I run the conditioning and strength training programs for those two teams, and then smaller things like warm-ups, recovery sessions uh, are mingled into that. Now, when you say you run those programs, do you do you design what they're doing, or do you all have kind of an overall program at, at the university to do that? How does that work? I do. So we, uh, whatever team you are in charge of coaching, you run that team from top to bottom. So what that means is, you program the conditioning, so you look at a master plan of a year-long cycle. You break that down into about four-week cycles. You break that down into a one-week program. You look at all the individual athletes. You look at everything from their injuries to their strengths, their weaknesses, the requirements of the game, and you take all of that into consideration and you create a conditioning and strength training program. From that point, I break them up in a group, sometimes train them as an entire team. We work anywhere from three times a week to six times a week, depending on the sport, the time of year, and I actually coach that team through the program that I have created. I couldn't help but think when you were talking about how you look at the individual sports and the individual athletes and you and you have to really you know, make everything specific to them, I couldn't help but think about some of the pastors that I've talked to in these interview sections, uh, sessions and, and wondered what it would be like if they looked at every individual that they ministered to and, and did that same kind of thing spiritually and just really programmed for each individual. But, you know, that was just one of my wild side ideas that come across every once in a while. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because we kind of have this rule of thumb in strength training where you're going to have a middle group. Let's say your middle group is a 70% chunk in the middle might respond really, really well to a certain type of training. And then you're going to have the 15% at the bottom and the 15% at the top, and you still have to address the needs of the people that don't fall into the average. So it is both a science and an art. It's always an art when it involves people. It's always a science when it involves physical training. Uh, so there's a lot to what we do. Now, I'm pretty sure, talking about a lot to what y'all do, that people don't understand your crazy schedule. Can can you very briefly mm-hmm. kind of give us a rundown of your crazy schedule? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I want to I preface with the fact that 
I always tell people I would rather do what I love for 10 to 12 hours a day than do what I hate for a normal 9 to 5, 8-hour-a-day schedule. Right. Uh, so if you think about college athletes, they have to go to class. So the majority of our workouts are going to start very early in the morning. I have women's tennis at 5.45 a.m. because they always get there at least 15 minutes early. Early is on time, on time is late, as they say. So they get there at 5.45. I set up before that, so I'm usually there by 5 or 5.15. I weight train or condition women's tennis almost immediately after. I have a group of divers come in. I strength train the divers, take group number one through. They trickle through in the morning because they end practice at different times. So I kind of have about a two, two-and-a-half-hour chunk of time where the divers come in and train. After that, sometimes I hightail it over to soccer practice. Sometimes I'm able uh, to get a little bit of administrative work done. I squeeze my own workout in in the middle of the day because nobody wants to listen to an out-of-shape strength conditioning coach, right? Um, And so uh, I, I make sure I squeeze that in, do a little bit of administrative work and some meetings in the afternoon, and then usually I have another team coming in uh, at the end of the day, whether that is, you know, some soccer players that, that have some class conflicts or tennis players that have class conflicts or divers or uh, subbing in for another string conditioning coach. So we, we pretty much work uh, from sunup to sundown, but uh, it's, a, it's a phenomenal environment, and I absolutely love what I do. We're fortunate at the University of Texas that we all only have about two or three max of four sports each. So I'm able to really devote a lot of time to those individual sports. You'll meet some strength and conditioning coaches that have upwards of 10 teams that they train. And uh, so I feel very fortunate in my position. We are actually squeezing this interview in when you are traveling with the soccer team. Where are you all right now? I am. We're in North Carolina. We're about to play Clemson in the, the second round of the NCAA tournament. So prayer, prayers for us tonight. Good luck. Like I told you, I'll I'll support you as long as you're not playing the Aggies. I appreciate that. You guys are pretty far away in the bracket, so we don't have to worry about that for a couple more rounds. Well, can you give us a little of your background, how you developed in your physical journey and ended up in Athletic Performance Arena? Yeah, so I, I went to Texas Tech University for my undergrad. I started out as a landscape architecture major. I thought that that was what I wanted to do. That was what got the tech. They had a great program there. Um, I called my mom at the beginning of sophomore year, and I said, Mom, I've made a big mistake. And by the time she figured out it wasn't that I had dropped out of school or gotten pregnant, I think she let us high of relief when I said I just wanted to change my major. Um, so I told her, I, I think I want to do physical training. I don't know what area I want to go into yet but I knew that that was my passion. I'd grown up playing sports, lacrosse was my sport. I also played volleyball in high school. I'm a little too short to excel in volleyball, not a good enough libera, so I was a better lacrosse player. But um, I uh, decided I wanted to go into exercise. I uh, started praying about what I wanted to do. I saw a special on strength and conditioning. I was watching ESPN one day, and I said, that's exactly what I want to do with my life. Uh, my story is kind of funny because I didn't know a lot about strength conditioning before that. I had just changed my major. I Googled Texas Tech strength conditioning coach for football, and I said, if I can do football, I can do anything. That kind of shows you my personality is I wanted to jump in the deep end of the swimming pool. Uh, I got an email back from the Texas strength conditioning coach, his name is Benny Wiley, 
And he said, come on in for an interview. I'll talk to you. We take interns. Uh, during my interview, I mentioned my faith, and I said, I really believe that this is the area that God wants me to go in. And he said at that moment, uh, he's a Christian as well, that he just felt like God can call him to give me a shot. I had no experience at that point. So uh, I was the first female he ever had intern with him. I worked with the tech football team for three years. It was a phenomenal experience. I learned a lot. Uh, I can't speak highly enough about Benny Wiley. And uh, so I finished my undergraduate, didn't know where I was going to go from there, prayed about it. Uh, an opportunity came to me at the University of Texas basketball program. I started out in my master's under Todd Wright. And a year in, I got a text from Benny at 5 a.m. that said, how do you like uh, a week later, Benny had been hired as the head football strength coach at the University of Texas. Wow. He, I know. He hired me shortly thereafter. I applied for a position, uh, started out with them, and uh, about a year in, he said, what do you think about working with women's soccer? And I said, I would absolutely love that. His uh, friend from Tennessee, Angela Kelly, came to Texas as the head soccer coach. They had a personal relationship. He said, you need Anna as your strength management coach. So that was my saving grace when Coach Brown uh, resigned from Texas football. It kept me on, and I got two more sports on the Olympic side. So I know it's a long story, but I really can't leave any part of it out because uh, I'm here because this is where God wanted me to be. Awesome. I mean, I could make I could make no part of that story up. It's just everyone was exactly where they needed to be and when for me to make it to where I am today. So I, I can attribute it to some work in school on my part. But uh, but beyond that, like God just just blessed me incredibly in my journey. It's amazing that He does that for us when we're when we're seeking Him and working hard at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, were you That's from? True. Are you from Texas? I'm not. Uh, so I'm a military child. My dad was in the Air Force. I grew up all over the country. I claim Colorado as home because I went to high school and middle school there. But I ended up at Texas. It's, a, it's another God thing. I have a set of grandparents that live in Lubbock, and I was visiting my grandparents, and my mom said, hey, what do you think about just going and looking around the campus? Uh, I think we were bored that day, and I got on campus, got done with our tour, and I said, Mom, this is absolutely where God wants me to go. She says, that's great, but uh, you would get out-of-state tuition here. There is no way that's happening. So we start arguing about it, as mothers and daughters like to do in the administration room bathroom. And uh, a lady came out of the stall next to us. I can't make this up. And she said, uh, I don't mean to interrupt your conversation, but if you apply for this scholarship, then it waives your out-of-state tuition, plus you get more. And so I applied for the scholarship, and I uh, I got in-state tuition plus a, an additional scholarship to tech. God speaking to you in the bathroom. <laughs> I Texas know. Tech. It works in mysterious ways. I was shocked that you said you were bored in Lubbock. I mean, come on. Um, uh, anyway, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm probably gonna get in trouble for that one. I'll, I'll get a few emails on that one. Um, can you describe your spiritual journey for us? How did that become important to you? Obviously, you've you've talked about stages in your life that were affected by a uh, spiritual journey that you had already started. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I can't speak highly enough about my parents. I have wonderful, wonderful parents. And when I was growing up, they, they had this amazing balance of judgment and mercy, you know, of discipline and mercy. And I, I was always a perfectionist. And they knew 
the right thing to say to me when I needed to receive that. They were not legalistic towards me. They encouraged my office Christ to pray together. We would make church sometimes. If we couldn't make church, it wasn't a huge deal. Uh, but they really taught me that it's more about the relationship with Christ than it is about the legalism of Christ. And so I learned what it was to have a relationship at a young age. I mean, I remember there were times where I would do something wrong, and my mom knew I was beating myself up enough about it. And so she would just show me grace and mercy in that and teach me what forgiveness was. And that really built my foundation of a true faith in Christ. Uh, I went to college, and my mom convinced me to attend this freshman fish camp. It was a Christian fish camp called Foundation. And at first, you know, when my mom's trying to sign me up for this, I'm like, Mom, oh, this is lame. There's going to be all these Christian kids there. And, and I, you know, whatever my complaints were, my mom said, I really think you need to go. So I went, and I honestly met every single one of my best friends because of that camp. Uh, I bunked next to my best friends to this day. Uh, during that freshman fish camp. And the point being in that is my community in college was what grew my faith in Christ. Is you, you can build a relationship with Christ on your own. That, that is possible. Christ will seek you out. But it is a lot easier path if you have people surrounding you to encourage you in that, to refine you in that, and to be true community. So my Christian faith and, and walk with Christ has, can, can be attributed to the community that I've had along the way. And, that, and that's what made me who I am today. Well, I, that word community sounds better than the accountability word that I use when I'm talking about fitness and faith. Um, but, but it's similar. It's, it's, it's being around people that are going to help you or that help each other hold each other accountable. So, um, Absolutely. Well, do you find it difficult to bring your spirituality into the secular college environment? You know, yes and no. Um, there are limitations on what you can just blatantly come out and say. Uh, but I have I have a belief that I'm going to treat every athlete the exact same. No matter what religion you are, no matter what year you are in school, no matter what um, you know your skill level is, if you're riding the bench, if you're playing and starting every single game, is I want to show consistency in love and care for my athletes. And while there might be a limitation on what you can say through your actual words, no one can ever limit what you can say through your actions. Right. Um, the fruits of the Spirit, I mean, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, generosity, adding forgiveness, mercy, empathy, love, those can be acted out every single day no matter what your words are. And the Lord shines through the people that love him. And, I mean, athletes ask me questions all the time. You know, they'll ask you, how do you handle adversity? What do you do with your spare time? How did you become a strength conditioning coach? And when when I speak about those things, I can't leave Christ out of that. That it would be a lie to not include him in what I do from day to day or where I get my strength from. And so... Uh, while there are limitations and, and you don't want to um, to ever cross those boundaries in the in the you know in the public setting, uh, honestly, I just can't help but live out my faith in a in a tangible way. I love that, and that's so great for people to hear because no matter what environment they happen to be working in, they can do exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and I, I hope that comes through, you know, even in, even in my weaknesses, I hope that, um, I, you know, I'm not perfect and, and will never be. And coming into the profession, I just, I hope that people also see my growth throughout the years in that so that as I'm becoming a better, more experienced coach, I'm also, um, doing a better job at loving people well and being consistent. And, uh, so I hope that while people see that in me, that they also see the growth in me throughout the years. Well, we got to keep growing. <laughs> Why do you think both physical and spiritual development are important for us? I think the two are incredibly intertwined. If you look at references in the Bible, uh, God talks about using our bodies to glorify him all the time, whether that's praising him with our lips or uh, our imposture, you know, raising your hands. Uh, the disciples walking from place to place to spread the gospel is God intended us to use our body to glorify him. That's what he created them for. And so uh, Jesus is also for physical healing and physical health. There's numerous places in the Bible where he physically heals people along with spiritual healing. So, um, you know, he'll say, your sins are forgiven, but he'll also heal the leper. He'll also make the lame walk. If he didn't care about the physical, he wouldn't do those things. He wouldn't perform miracles. Uh, so there is a there is a tie and a, and a care for the physical self. Um, when we're spiritually healthy, it manifests itself in the physical. So when we are um, when we're phys- when we're spiritually depending on the Lord, we have less uh, stress, less anxiety, less depression heart disease is lower, addiction is lower, and so uh, on the other side of the coin, when we're physically healthy, a lot of the times we experience better spiritual health, as we are a more positive person, or a more open person, so the two are just incredibly intertwined. Uh, something that I love about working with female athletes is there is nothing that empowers you like the physical, it is you just feel mentally like you can run through a brick wall and you can do anything if you can, you know, back squat, do a pull-up, do push-ups. And it's just in- incredible how much that empowers us mentally and spiritually when we feel physically capable. I want to back up to something you said about, you know, being, uh, I'm going to call it spiritually fit, but but involved spiritually, you, you said something about that affecting stress and health and heart disease and I want people to understand you're not just throwing that stuff out there. There have been specific studies on mm-hmm. on spirituality and uh, illness and hospital visits and things like that that back up exactly what you were saying. Yeah, well, it's, you... it's amazing how the more the more journal articles I read and the more the more textbooks I read is science backed up spirituality mm-hmm. like we don't you know there are things that like you just said it tangibly studies have been done to show that those things are true and it's i mean it's incredible well you mentioned you grabbing a workout during the day what is your <laughs> favorite form of exertion oh so this is going to be funny for a strength coach to say because i'm not going to say running or lifting weights i'm going to say playing I absolutely, to this day, in adulthood, love playing outside. I play soccer. I play flag football. I love shooting uh, the basketball. I'm not very good at playing basketball, but I do like a good game of horse. Um, I love hiking. I love climbing. I play sand volleyball regularly. 
anything that's going to get me outside and anything that's going to get me competing with the ball in front of me is absolutely my favorite form of conditioning. Uh, I really, the, the spring training and the conditioning are a huge part of my life because it makes me capable and empowered to do the other things that I love. So what you're saying is you like recess. I do. I love recess. PE will always be my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite class, recess. No, that's great. I think it's important for people to understand, you know, all the different ways that they can mm-hmm. get physically fit. And, and, yes, some are better for you if you're just looking at the physicality. But um, I refer back many times to the best exertion for you is the one you'll actually do. And if, if that's oh, yeah. playing around, then get to it. That's completely true. That's completely true. That's what I tell people is whatever you're going to love and you're going to be inspired to stay consistent with, that's the kind of physical exercise you should do. All right. Well, what's your favorite way to work on your spiritual self? Uh, so I'm a little bit of a bookworm. Um, I love podcasts. I love reading. Um, in my adulthood, I have really started to enjoy Christ. I think when you're younger, sometimes it comes as a discipline, and you say, oh, I have to go to church. I have to read my Bible. I have to. And I'm at a point in my life where I just crave knowledge of Christ. And so I, I enjoy reading my Bible um, I enjoy attending church. I go to the Austin Stone in Austin, Texas. I've been going there for almost seven years. I love it. I podcast the, the Village Church Sermons from Dallas, Texas. Um, I, I love Matt Chandler. Uh, I also love uh, Tim Keller. Robbie Zacharias has an amazing podcast. So I'll download a bunch of those. I'll listen to those on the road, in the bus, on the plane. Um, so those are the ways that I, I like absorbing information about God. Uh, my favorite way to connect with God is prayer. And uh, I'm not very good, if I'm being transparent, at sitting down and praying for long amounts of time. But something that I have, have started to incorporate in my life is inviting God into what I'm doing. And so I love to go grocery shopping with God. I love to go on runs with God. Um, I redid my room last year. This is going to sound silly. I'm not very good at design. And so I was getting frustrated, and I invited God to design my room with me. That while I was shopping, I I prayed for him to help me find things that I liked and help me have a vision of how to, how to put things together. And uh, I, God cares about all those things. God cares about uh, my grocery shopping. He cares about being with me on runs. He just wants to spend time with me. And so those are really the ways that I grow in Christ, both in knowledge and in my personal relationship. It's, I just like to do that every day with Christ. I love that. I, I like to tell people that our main purpose in being here on this planet is God put us here so he could love us. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the more we can be open to allow him to love us and to love him back, the, the better off we are. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have That's a favorite sure. Bible verse you'd like to share with us? Yeah, my favorite verse, there's, there's a lot of good ones in there, but um, my favorite verse is Psalm 63.3, and it says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. And the reason why I love that verse is because I could be at my highest of highs, or I could be at my lowest of lows. And it says, 
your steadfast love is better than life. So anything in life, whether that be the outdoors, the indoors, the good, the bad, the excelling, the suffering, the, you know, is, is God is better than all of that. And so at the end of the day, if I am in great spirits or if I am at the lowest of lows, I'm called to praise Christ. And uh, so I love that it encompasses just any time of life and any experience of life that I encounter. I like that. And I like that you said there's a lot of good ones in there. But because there are, but here's what's been real interesting to me in all the time doing this podcast. I do not think I've had a repeat favorite verse. Oh, interesting. And, and so, yeah. so different people and, and a lot of people have are like me, their favorite verse kind of changes as life changes because okay. God speaks to us in different ways in different parts of our life. Well, how about a favorite quote? So my favorite quote, and I honestly don't even remember who said it, so if someone knows who said this originally, please quote me and, and let me know. Well, well, I'm going to stop you there because I always I like to refer to these really as, not as quotes, but as, as someone said it because half the time the people that get credit for the quote, they probably didn't even say it first. You know? They heard <laughs> it from their true. mom or something. <laughs> that is true. So it's wisdom is doing now what you'll later wish that you would have done. Ooh. That is, and that's deep. I like it because I honestly, I think about it in just everyday scenarios. I think about it if I wake up in the morning and I don't really want to work out, if I'm going to say, what do I wish I would have done at 3 p.m.? Or if I, you know, make dinner plans with someone and at the end of the day I'm tired and I don't want to go and I'm going to say, what do I wish I had done tomorrow? And so it helps me in the moment um, make healthy decisions for, for my future self. Um, and then my second favorite quote, I'm going to give you two today, and my mom used to always say this to me, and it's, if you ignore your teeth, they'll go away. And I think about that in the physical sense is if you ignore your body, if you ignore um, physical exercise, if you ignore brushing your teeth, if you ignore wearing sunscreen, is at the end of the day, whatever it is that you physically ignore, is that's going to go away and that's going to deteriorate. Would and you, so that helps me in my physical sense, and it's my my mom chiming in my head. Would you say that quote again? Because I, I I missed one word. <laughs> yeah, it's if you ignore your teeth, teeth. they'll go okay. away. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she used to tell me that when I was when I didn't want to brush my teeth when I was a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good quote. Um, well, I never let anybody get away without the million-dollar question. If you could only okay. put one thing on a T-shirt or billboard that everyone you know or with whom you come in contact could see every single day, what would that be? Okay, so this is a tough one. But my answer would be be in the world but not of it. And the reason why I think that is my mantra for life is because I want to be fully present in the world. I want to enjoy what God has given us. I want to pour into people. I want to be fully present and enjoy the positive pleasures of life. But I also, at the end of the day, want to remember that this is not my permanent home. I just read something this morning, as a matter of fact, that talked about uh, that we're visitors here and ambassadors. and, And so it's almost like we're in a foreign land visiting and, and having all the things that are around in this foreign land, but our home is, our home is in heaven. Mm-hmm. 
Well, how can people find you? Well, uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Anna E. Craig. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Anna Craig. Or I am I am very responsive when it comes to email. You're more than welcome to email at me any uh, life, spiritual, or physical training question that you have. And it's Anna, A-N-N-A, dot Craig, C-R-A-I-G, at utexas.edu. So feel free to contact me if you have any questions. Well, Anna, I really appreciate you being with us today. Enjoyed what all you had to say to us. And I think that, that just about everyone that listened today can gather some good bit of information from your words. I really appreciate you having me, and, and I enjoyed my time with you. When I'm coaching teams and we come to the end of a practice or game, we gather together for a couple of reminders before we part ways. These are your reminders. Be sure to learn about the benefits of being on the Fitness and Faith team, which include our More Through Multiplication charitable giving program by checking out our website at fitnessandfaithministries.org, where you will also find valuable tools and information like our weekly blog study, exertion video links, and links to healthy recipes. It's all designed to help you find your fit. Use the contact page to send us your Fitness and Faith funny or suggest someone who would be a great interview. Thanks again for listening to the Fitness and Faith podcast. And remember, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith.